Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Altered Podcast with Ben and Hunter. The place where we honor God and the things he does. Ben, I am your co-host. You are. Hunter. Hunter Deal. The man. The, the real man. deal. The legend. The big deal. The big deal, that's right. And this is your other co-host, Pastor Ben. The short-legged man of the day. Ben Burnett. That's it. Good to have you here. I'm I'm so happy to to start this podcast. And this was podcast. Well, we'll get to why it was born later, but we're going to move on. This to, is episode one, though. It is. No prequels. Just straight out episode one. Boom. Yeah. 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 That's it. Star Wars reference. So I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. So, so I think not. it's important. Important. So I'm really afraid. Everyone, <laughs> everyone uh, can know you maybe just as well as I do. So Ben, what do you do for work? So yeah, so I am a pastor. Uh, actually, I am a technically a campus missionary to the U.S. Um, Chi Alpha Campus Ministries is my ministry that I'm called to do. And so I also have a secular job that pays for my ministry habit as of right now. I uh, work as the director of technology for Madison County Schools. That is impressive. Isn't it? That is. So much fun. And I'm so glad that you have that voice to do that with. I'm the king of the nerds. It's great. So tell us a little bit about EKU Chi Alpha and what they do um, to so many universities around the country. Yeah. So we um, we are the church on campus. Uh, Chi Alpha, it exists um, and is born out of 1 Corinthians 520. It's the concept that we are ambassadors for Christ as of God. We're making his appeal through us. So we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And so <clears throat> what that means is we are on campuses all throughout the world uh, making disciples for Jesus and just doing the work that he's called us to do. Uh, we believe in making disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so we fulfill the Great Commission as Jesus called us to do. Um, so tell me, Ben, about your family, your wife, mm -hmm. your thousand cats. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I have a wife. Her name's Dina. Um, I definitely married up. I'll just go ahead and say that put it out there tomorrow actually is my anniversary on the day that we're recording this so <clears throat> we are uh, going to take a little trip and celebrate we've been married 11 years we do have a thousand cats or it seems like it anyway uh, we have a bunch they all live outside except for one his name is snickers he's the og uh he aka moo 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 the big dog the big cat he's not a dog he's a cat <laughs> but he's bigger than most dogs and uh yeah, he lives outside. He is too expensive to live outside. I'm sorry, he lives inside. He's too expensive to live outside because he had a broken arm once and they had to fix it. And though we could have put him down, my wife loves this cat so much we did not. And so now he fights crime in the off-season to pay for his injury, and he lives inside. There you go. The bionic cat. The bionic cat. He is him. And your mom... Tell me a little bit about I, your mom. I do have a mother. I do. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I actually went and saw her today, too. Um, so my mom lives in Ashland where I grew up. Um, she works, she does dental things. Um, yes. dental, dental. Things. She's not a dentist. Um, she works in the office. She does all that kind of stuff. Mom's been doing that for a hundred years. So I feel like not really. Um, but I mean, it is like 40 years actually. So mom's been doing it for a long time. And, uh, if I ever any dental questions, I asked her, you know, all mm. the stuff and the things. Awesome. I do like your mother. I've only met her once. Yeah. But she is shorter than me, yet she could kick my tail. She looks week. very nice, but then I think she could kill me in the same process. Oh, absolutely. Wushu finger hoop, plow, finger hold, whatever. Yeah, that thing. So also, I'm going to ask you, we're going, we're going to jump a little spiritual here, not little. This is the 
the start of eternity. Right. It's big. What? Tell me about your salvation moment. Sure. So I was uh, 17. Um, I had I'd always been raised in church. That's the thing. Um, had had knowledge about God. Prayed before I was saved, um, technically. But there came to this point where um, I really felt God kind of tugging on the heartstrings, so to speak. Um, well, I was I was going to a, a youth convention to make a really long story short. I got a speeding ticket. Um, I wasn't going to go. I was going to stay home that day. The day I'm leaving, uh, I get the speeding ticket. I immediately go home and tell mom. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stay home instead. I'll find me a job. I'll pay for it. It'll be fine. Mom's freaking out. No, you're going to go this thing. And this is basically like my last moment of freedom. And so I go to this youth convention. We'd already paid for it anyway. And in the process of it, I'm sitting in a service, and I'm actually praying. I'm like, God, I need help. And I prayed and prayed about it anyway. And I'm like, God, I need help with this, like, speeding ticket. If you'll just help me, like, it'll be great. And the the pastor who's on stage giving the keynote, he's actually my youth pastor, but he was the speaker for the weekend. And he says these words. He says, everything's going to be okay. And I just knew in that moment that that was God speaking to me through him. It wasn't him speaking, though it, it was. But that was a direct message for me. And for the first time, I knew that God was real and that he was the point of life. And so um, right then and there, uh, I prayed and I asked God to to be my Lord. And he's been that ever since. You know, youth camp does that for so many teens. Yeah. And being a former youth pastor myself, Youth camp always drove me crazy, but yeah. to see the way the kids come back from youth camp. Yeah. I wish I could say it was youth camp. It wasn't quite youth camp. It was more youth retreat. Same difference. Right. Anytime the youth gets together in a, in a body right. uh, to go somewhere. Uh, Super awesome. Is great because it encourages their faith. Yeah. That they don't get a lot of that going to school. I mean, even in youth group, you know, it's so such a short amount of time. But when they go and spend multiple days together a prolonged period of time yeah with people just pouring into them you know constantly Constantly. and and that is that you know changes their life forever so tell me where you go to church tell me what you do for church and quit hitting that microphone um and tell me like inside the church what do you do i know we we know you're a campus pastor but outside of that yeah so outside of that um we go to real life community church one of the things that we believe strongly in is just making those connections with the local church. Um, we know that they won't be in Kyapa forever, and we want them. We want them to be church people. <clears throat> and so we go to real life. We we um, we kind of associate pastor there. Um, I say kind of just because Kyapa is our primary gig, and, and that's what we do. But we help out as much as we can pastorally. You know, uh, Pastor Chris lets me preach sometimes. I play on the worship team. Uh, we do all kinds of things. And you say we as in your wife and you? Yes. Yeah, my wife, she she plays the, the keyboards and she does the things. And people, you know, I'm Pastor Ben, but my wife is instrumental in all the pastoral things that I do. Mm-hmm. And so... she I, And she makes great brownies. Dude, so good. She, my wife makes great everything. <laughs> yes, she does. Oh, my gosh. It's great. Brownies are good. Brownies, brownies are really good. good. And her brownies um, will make a skinny man fat very <laughs> quick. Yeah, I, I used to weigh 80 pounds. Now I <laughs> don't. <laughs> so, Hunter Deal, the man, the myth, the legend. Same questions. What do you work at? So I work for Lockheed Martin, mm. the world's largest defense contractor. Wow. And I work in supply. 
I was going to say, can you, would you have to kill me if you told me what you did? <laughs> not, not necessarily. Um, but I work in supply there, and it's a very nice, a very interesting thing working for the Department of Defense. Is it because you can't wear gloves because then you have concealed weapons? <laughs> I'm not an FBI agent. <laughs> this is why. The FBI here. Th- this is why we do this podcast. That's right. That's right. Uh, tell me about your wife and family. So my wife, she is five foot one, and I am six foot eight, or eight foot six. Or mm, I'm not Goliath. You're pretty tall. I am, but I am. Very There's a tall. reason why my high fives are your low fives. I have one beautiful daughter mm-hmm. named Lily, and maybe when this thing airs, I might have two beautiful da- daughters uh, named Alyssa. That is the Little girl on the way. Are you going to change Lily's name? You said you'll have two beautiful daughters named Melissa. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> She's going to change their <laughs> That way, both of them, we don't have to worry about calling one one thing and one the other. You know, that's actually a really good idea. No confusion. No, my mom used to call my, me my brother's name anyways. So I have a daughter named Lily, and I have one on the way uh, named Alyssa. And that's super weird when you have one child for nearly three years calling it one thing after another and then and you have another child um and it's like wait you're not lily as well like what are you <laughs> so like i gotta this is kind of odd to even think about but so we have that and then we have um a dog and a cat i don't have a thousand cats i just yeah, have a so dog lucky. and a cat i know i'm blessed so lucky so and, I mean, speaking of being saved from having a thousand cats, tell me about your salvation story. <laughs> well, so uh, same kind of thing, man. As not about youth camp, but always known from when I was a kid, I was just going to be a pastor. Just us, when they said, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" That was the answer. Mm. Um, uh, maybe it's because they only work one day a week. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, because we do more work now than man, most people. So uh, much. What is forty hours a week? Right. Um, that is that would be a vacation for us. I oh, know. Um, and then we just keep adding things on our plate like this. So right. <laughs> things we shouldn't have time for. Glutton for punishment. But God blesses us with the time to do. That's it. But uh, I just known from an early age that I was just going to be a pastor. And, that's just, and it's never that thought's never left me. It's almost like I was born into that uh, thought process. We're going to talk about this later too. So cool. Yes. Yes. And um, it was almost like the providence of God. Oh, wow. And... But also, if you ever listen to the Real Friends podcast, uh, Pastor Chris and Real Life Community Church hosts that um, as well. I tell you my story about Lily and how she was born, and we will get into that here as well, um, probably later on in the series. But it was kind of my real connection. I was 21 years old, and that was kind of my real connection with God of repentance and really surrendering myself uh, to God, which I, I had all the head knowledge in the world. Um, and I even would say I was saved before that. But that was my real come to Jesus moment between myself and God and repentance uh, from being a sinner and saying, God, please save me from my sin. And we'll get into that story or please check out the Real Friends podcast. They have multiple people on there. It's yeah, great. It is a good one. Yeah, our friend, our pastor, at Real Life Community Church. Hey, speaking of that, where do you go to church at? Well, Real Life Community Church. Hey, there you go. Um, we like that place. But I'm sure he'll be on here at some point. Yeah, he should be. So um, I do a work inside uh, Real Life Community Church. And so pastor work there, my wife and I do. And we are leaders in the youth group. 
I was youth pastor, and then there's so many things get piled onto your plate, something has to go. So I took over the young adult small group, which I really like because I'm only 23. And so they're my age, in the same stage of life as I am. And I feel like we really connect fairly well. So something had to go, and Jerry Veach took over the youth, and very nice, and he's doing a great job. But that is where we go to church, and that is the ministries we do in the church. Yeah, it's cool that Chi Alpha, we talk about, you know, we are we are uh, reconciling students to Christ to transform the university, the marketplace, and the world. So, you know, we have the university. I feel like you really have the marketplace. Right. And then it's funny because everybody has the world. Right. It's cool. Well, yeah, and, and that's the difference. Ben really takes the college mm-hmm. students, and I take the young adults, the ones who are out working and things like that. Not saying that college students don't because a lot of them do, but these are the ones who are usually graduated or, or just not going to college at all um, and starting life a little young, and which is what I did, and go straight into the workforce and really go heads at it and, you know, just really amazes me some of the drive of our young people inside of America because it gives me faith in humanity uh, in that stuff. Yeah, that's cool. So now that we know who we are, why are we doing this podcast? Well, as you can tell, Ben and I like to conversate back and forth. <laughs> we do. First off, we very, we much. very much enjoy talking. Um, but second of all, we would call each other nearly every day. I mean, maybe. Don't tell my mother. Yeah. I'd call Ben every day, and we would talk about biblical theology and questions, and we would work out doctrine, and he would be right, and I would be wrong. Yes, we had that on on recording. Uh, But uh, you didn't let me finish. Um, I am mostly right. We're going to stop right there. (laughs) I am mostly right, and he's Mm -hmm. mostly wrong. Um, But we will get into some probably of those conversations eventually down the line, too. That is the goal of this. That is the the goal of this. But... We just was like, hey, this would really be recorded because we both make each other think. Yeah. Get down to the end of it, and you're like, wow, my head really hurts. Yeah. So. And, and I mean, all those conversations, the whole point is that we are processing through faith issues and, and theology issues and things that we feel are really important to talk through. Um, they're things that are prompted by conversations we have with other people as we disciple. They're conversations that I have with college students as we work with them. They're conversations that we have every day at work. And so we call each other and we talk through those issues. And as we do, our faith gets stronger and we work out those things so that we can help people later on down the road as well. So as we talked through that and thought about it, we thought, let's record a conversation that we have, that we are already having, and let's work out some of these faith things. Yeah, and I think it's very important to say, "Hey, look, we're not we're not your pastor. Um, do not take our word for how we are interpreting Scripture to be one hundred percent gospel fact." But what I do think is important to say is, you probably are having the same some of the same questions that we are dealing with, and just as you would a commentary or a blog post online, take our thoughts into account, apply them, pray about them. And talk to your pastor about it. Yeah, be like the Bereans in Acts. You know, they were commended for the fact that Paul told them things, but that they went and actually confirmed the things that he was saying through Scripture and prayer and things like that. And that's what we we recommend you do as well. There may be things that we talk about on here, and, you know, some of somebody asked us once while we were kind of talking through, well, are we going to do this podcast? Hey, what happens if you say something that is out of line or, you know, you come to a different conclusion later? What do you do? 
well, the whole purpose of this podcast is we're going to have real conversation about things that we're talking about. And if something happens down the road and we have to come back and say, you know what, my view on this has changed or it's grown or it's evolved or whatever, that's okay. The point is we don't want these things to just be left hanging out there in the air. We want to have real conversations with each other and hopefully help somebody coming along in the faith as well who may have the same question to talk through that, think through that, and come to a place where you love Jesus more and more. Yeah, and to grow a community here. Yeah. Uh, so that maybe you can send our, your questions our way. We can talk about them. And just because we disagree on a subject does not mean we are trying to set out and prove one wrong or the other one right. We are trying to find the truth in right. Scripture. And that is the should be the main key. And also I want to say back to the original point is if you should be reading and studying the Bible for yourself, even if you go to a strong, healthy church. That's true. Never take what a man says. That's true. Um, as gospel fact, always read the Bible and process it, pray you know, with the Holy Spirit and dissect the Word of God for truth. Yep. And stay true to your convictions. Yep. And that's what we plan on doing here. Yep. Yeah, I've been reading, I mean, my daily reading, I've been reading through the Old Testament. And one of the things that, it talks about over and over and over again is the fact that there are times, like in Amos, for instance, where <clears throat> the spiritual leaders of Israel weren't necessarily doing the things they were supposed to do. Now, I'm not saying that's happening in any of your churches. All I'm saying is, how would you ever know if you're not reading the Bible and praying for yourself? And if you love Jesus, in my opinion, you'll want to know him more. And how do you do that? Bible's the best way. 100%. So you will hear, I, this is not going to be a very heavily edited podcast. And I'm sorry that this is a lot of talking about what this is going to be about, but this is the first episode. First episode, really, that's the point. You really need to know what this is going to be about. You're going to hear Bible pages turning. You're going to hear probably a two-year-old in the background. Maybe. Um, she's in bed right now, so she shouldn't be. Uh, you may hear a cat, one of either Ben's a thousands or one of mine just ran Bucks' cat. Hey, that's what it is. But this is just a authentic uh, podcast where two people are discussing the Bible, which we are going to do today in Genesis Chapter 12. Right now. Right now. Right now. This so, is where Ben gets Pentecostal. Oh, buddy. I love the Bible. <laughs> I'm such a Bible nerd. That's the thing. I'm not a scholar, but I am a Bible nerd. I love the thing. I love to read it and just kind of tear it apart. And so we're talking about on the Altered Podcast, the reason why we're calling it the Altered Podcast. And so we are segueing into the name. And the name actually really came out of some study that I was doing with one of my students um, as we were having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. We were talking about... He's actually in his daily reading, reading through the book of Genesis. And as we were looking through, we found um, this section of scripture in Genesis 12 where Abram, who will later become Abraham, builds an altar to God. And so Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 starts out. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Now, I stop there, and we'll, we'll get to the altar part. But it's interesting that God starts out and he says, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house. Um, as I was reading through this, you know, I always had this thought about Abram, that Abram was just leaving a place. You know, I thought he's going to pick up his tent, <clears throat> he's going to get all of his sheep, and he's going to go to the next place. Big whoop. You know, he's, though he's leaving, 
he's not really leaving anything behind. But actually, if you study out and you look at some of the, the archaeological records that have come up lately, <clears throat> the interesting thing about, they've actually, they think they've discovered Abram's house. And Abram's house is, they think, 80 meters by 80 meters, which is the size of a soccer field. So when Abram leaves this place, he's not just leaving something. He is leaving a house. He's leaving an established home. And when he leaves, it turns out that they think that Abram may have had things like central heating and air. He may have had this shaft that went through his house that centrally cooled it. Abram had this um, place where he was comfortable. And so he doesn't just leave, drag his tent and go. He leaves everything he's ever known. He leaves a giant, what would have probably been a mansion, takes his servants, takes his wife. Now imagine, you go to Jess, right? You have a lovely wife. You say, Jess, we're going to leave everything that we know, and we're going to go to a different place. We have a mansion. Sorry, we're going to leave it behind. What's your wife going to say? Heck no. Yeah, yeah. You know what I think is interesting right before this is the Tower of Babel. Oh, yeah. And God's commandment to them is go. Multiply and fill the earth. And what do they do? They they stop at this one place and they say, let's build a tower to the heavens. Yep. And they don't go anywhere. Yeah. And they're disobedient. And so what does God do? God separates them, changes the language, mm-hmm. and then forces them to go out. Yep. So you see... The first step in Abraham's journey is being obedient yep. to what the people at the Tower of Babel was not willing to go do. Yep. And what's interesting now that you bring that up is we think of Abram as a superhero of the faith, and he was. But the thing about Abram was he was probably raised a, I hate the word pagan, honestly, because it has all these weird connotations with it. <clears throat> but Abram would have been raised that you worship the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so for Abram to be called by God is a bigger thing than we probably, we probably underestimate that just a little bit. But anyway, continuing on. So Abram, verse 4, went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Mora. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land, which is just a, a quick little side note that says that the nation of Israel had not taken the land yet, that at this time, the, these other inhabitants were there. Verse 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, this is the Altar Podcast, and this is episode 1. And where does altered come from? Well, it comes from this concept. It comes from the fact that, number one, God changes us. He takes us from a place where we don't know Him, and He brings us to a place where we do. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that we are taken by God from one degree of glory to another, not meaning that He makes our name great, but rather that He makes His own name great. And in that, He changes us into the image of His Son. And so... When we talk about the Altered Podcast, we are talking about, again, the things that God does. It's the things that He does in our lives, the things that He does in the lives of others. The Altered Podcast is a place where we honor God, and in that, we look at the things that He does in us and how He changes us. We look at the promises that He's given us. We look at the fact that 
God saved us from sin and death. We look at the fact that he's given us wives and children and blessings beyond compare. Things, not that our blessings are better, but things that we have never deserved on our own. And we went through a lot of names. We did. And it was just the Bible study with Ben and Hunter, or it was the big Bible study with the big deal, Hunter deal. My my favorite, the best Bible podcast you will listen to right now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But that was too long. So there was all these other podcast names that but it put our names in the forefront yeah uh but that's not what this podcast we wanted it to be about that's right and so when you called me yesterday actually and said hey yeah. we we bought equipment and everything didn't have a name yeah. uh and he said what's what we called it altered a to biblical, honor god yeah and the things that he does a biblical podcast yeah and you're just like wow okay that is true to the point in the heart of what this Bible study will be about and this podcast will be about. And we have tons of ideas that's going to come up in the future. So, yep. And so <clears throat> we could go farther through this whole thing. And actually I had intended to go farther, but I think that's the good place to stop. That's the place where we, we come to this story of Abram and we see the fact that God called him not just to go to a place, but to leave sin behind, to leave all of these other things behind. God calls Abram to go to another place, a promised land where he will do so much in him. And so what does Abram do? He builds an altar. And that is what this is. It's an altar to the Lord to honor him. And so when we come to that question then, the real question that follows it is what are our altars in our lives? What are the things that we're thankful for that God has done? And so... I asked Hunter this before while we were doing our pre-planning practice. I have to listen to my own voice, which I hate, by the way. Um, and so, Hunter, what are some of the altars in your life? Well, I want to tell you the that's a tough question because you have to really dissect yourself. Yeah, and, and think about what God's done in you, which is so much. Right. Uh, so we talked about salvation yeah. in, in itself, and both of us had those stories, praise the Lord. Yeah. If not, we was about to have a... Salvation moment and a baptism today. <laughs> uh, yep. But was, so, thank you, Lord, for giving us salvation, the beginning of eternity. Yep. Um, thank you for the wife and children that you have given me, and thank you for the opportunity to uh, be able to share the gospel at work, um, giving me those insights, and thank you for the position and ministry you have given me. Because without you, nothing is possible. Mm-hmm. Nothing, the calling, anything would be possible without, it all goes back to him. And we don't do it for the limelight. We don't do it for the glory in ourself. We do it all to give it back to God. Yeah. The real reason that Abram built the altar. Right, right. To give it all back to God. You know, we you were talking about the fact that when you were little, you always kind of knew Will you talk about that just uh, briefly again? What? How did you know that you were called to pastor? I just it just was always planted in my head, always from the from the beginning. Um, when you say the beginning, you mean like the dawn of time? I mean, he did predestined good works. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So we are predestined for good works, um, right? which he prepared beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, but from my, from me, from the, as far as I can remember, uh-huh. um, 
and I have videos and, and pictures of me singing and holding church service in my living room and making my parents suffer through that god awful preaching <laughs> that I don't even know. Yes. <laughs> so and we still suffer through it. Yeah, still suffer through it today. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird because you say that, and then that's the well, not the exact same story that I have, but. From the time I was a little kid, I knew I was supposed to be a, a preacher. Now, my grandfather was a pastor. He still is to this day. And, you know, I, I told uh, Papa back in the day, hey, I'm going to be a preacher too. Papa always told me, listen, you have to be called to be a preacher. You can't just do it because you think it sounds cool. You can't just do it because you only work one day a week, as you said earlier. <laughs> it's a calling by God to do something for his glory and for his purpose. And so, actually, when people would call mom on the phone, I used to look at mom and be like, was that for me? And she'd be like, no, what's wrong with you? You're like three, you know. And I'd be like, just checking. Let's say if that was my call. And she had no clue what I was talking about. I actually asked her about this not long ago. And she was like, no, I don't remember anything about that. And I was like, yeah, well, it's because I was not asking you if God was calling on the phone. I was asking you if that was for me. And she goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. You were a weird little kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, Man, it's so amazing that God takes the simple, right? The 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 people were neither one of us are doctorates and super smart, you know, rocket scientists, but God takes us and He uses us for His glory, and that's an altar right there, if mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah, and and you know, we joke and things all the time about this podcast exploding and and being huge and. I don't care if five people listen to it. I hope five people listen to it, but I not in a way of, you know, growing in, in size and, you know, people saying, Hey, you do this cool podcast, but so I want people to know true biblical facts and true biblical truths um, and what the gospel is and what, and how God can use them. And if God can use two, you know, people from good old Kentucky, Kentucky boys son you know, I tell you what <laughs> who you know don't we do not deserve right. uh, this position right. and we don't deserve to do a podcast but we sit down and we God gives us the ability to do it and he grants us the opportunities and we just turn around and give it back to him and say Lord thank you use it in your honor yeah and that is hopefully this podcast is an altar to God. And yeah. Hopefully he loves the, the offering we can give to him from it. Right. Yeah. My, uh, my great uncle just passed away this week and I went to the funeral today, actually. Um, that's why I got to see my mama today. Um, but I went to the funeral and they stood up and they talked about my great uncle and his life. And my, my, his name was Everett and, and go for Everett and, <laughs> and Everett, Everett was this guy that he always had a smile on his face. And you know how, like in the book of Daniel, for instance, they talk about how Daniel just had an excellent spirit about him. That's the thing that I remember about my Uncle Everett more than anything else. He was a man who he loved Jesus, and he loved to teach the Bible. He was a Sunday school teacher for like 60 years, something like that. So they stood up today at his funeral, and they talked about the idea that he loved Jesus and he loved teaching the scriptures. And if you saw Everett from a mile away, if he knew it was you, he'd smile and grin. And Everett was one of those people he never met a stranger. But he'd walk up and he'd grab you by the elbow for some reason. And he'd say, son, it's good to see you today. Didn't matter who it was. Could have been his mortal enemy. Son, it's good to see you today. You know, Jesus loves you. You know, it's, it's a beautiful day that God has made. He'd say things like that. 
And I sat there and I listened to stories about his life and these altars that he had built, these proclamations of the things that God had, had done in him and through him. And as I look back on my uncle's life, I thought, that's what I want for myself. I want not to be exalted at my funeral, but I want for God to be exalted in my life. And so when I talk about my own altars, I think of my salvation moment. I think of my calling. But I think ahead to what I want. I want, the, I want God to be pleased with the things that I do. And so how does that look? I don't know. But it's made me rethink some of the things that I do and some of the ways that I act in moments when I'm stressed makes me rethink the responses that I have to all kinds of things. It's funny that we think about altars as something that we have built. But I also think about altars as something that we build for the future. When I think about Abram, it's funny that in the very next section of that scripture that I wasn't going to talk about, but now I'm going to talk about, um, in verse 8 it says, from there he moved to the hill country. I know. Let's just, let's just go for it. Why not? That's why this is an altered podcast. We're going to alter the plan again. This is literally why we built, did this podcast. I know, right? Um, but yeah, verse 8, it says, From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord. So he built two altars there, right? He built the first one when God gave him the promise. He built the second one when he gets to the promised land and looks out over the whole place. It says, And he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. And then it says, verse 10, Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down from Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this whole Egypt thing. There, there's some implications about Sarah, Sarai. Actually, I'm sorry, that was Sarai at the time and how he was going to call her sister. We're not going to go into all that stuff. That's a, that's a podcast in and of itself. But what we see is Abram is actually driven to the land of Egypt because of a famine. He's driven out of the promised land to get to this other place. And you had brought up something really interesting. You want to talk about Joshua chapter 24 for a second? Yeah, Joshua chapter 24. You're going to hear real Bible pages uh, flipping. That's because real Bibles have pages. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just don't get that cool sound with an app. You just don't. You should. They should make that where every time you touch the screen, it goes, shh, 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 shh. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. 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 Yeah, so you're going to learn that I cannot pronounce these town names Neither at can all. I. I'm probably totally wrong. That's just how I, I can't even pronounce them in Kentucky, let alone in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? The only problem with like doing a Facebook page or something where people would actually comment is they're going to be like, you say all the names. Oh, right? yeah. You know. It's, it's fine. We I don't, don't care. I don't care. And some of the elders, uh, the head, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God, and Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, long ago... Your fathers lived beyond the Euphrates, Terah and the father of Abraham, and and of Nahor, right? Yep, Nahor. See, Nahor. boom, look Whatever. at that. Yep, good job. And they served other gods, lower case G mm, is right. important there. That's right. Then I took your father Abram from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan. Mm. Why is that important? Yeah. Well, I think it's by God's providence that he had to move. Uh, so you talk about the famine and everything else. And God moved him all across the land 
of Canaan. So that would give me the implication in my peewee brain to say that he took him to Egypt mm-hmm. and took him out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And it was by God's providence and God's providence alone that he had to move. That's and in when you read Genesis, it seems like Abram had the choice and he made these decisions. But when you read Joshua, you see God telling the story and God said, I led him. And I think that's very important to say it was by God's providence. And when God does something, he does it for a reason. So are you saying that God causes natural disasters? That's for another podcast. That's for a, another yeah, time. that's a whole other podcast, buddy. Um, yeah, that's a whole other yeah. deal. But can God use anything for his purposes? Yes. Yes, and we see that here. Ask Job. Oh, buddy. Oh, there's a whole other podcast, too. <laughs> it's good that we have material. Yeah, it's, you know, there's 66 books and way more than 66 topics. Oh, buddy, I, it's a living word. It'll go on forever. We'll never run out of topics. That's the good part. Praise the Lord. Amen. So anyway, I just got a little Pentecostal there. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so we see Abram build another altar, an altar that he builds when he gets to the promised land. Now, you also made an interesting point earlier about those altars. What do you usually see on an altar? A sacrifice. Yeah. So he gets to that first, well, no, he gets the first calling is what he gets. Builds an altar. What's, where's this? There's no sacrifice on it. What do you think he's sacrificing there? You know, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> it was really profound. I wrote it down. It was so oh, good. Okay. So, so please enlighten me because it must have been Holy Spirit oh, filled. Man, it was so good. <laughs> so the first one you said he was sacrificing his life. Remember? Oh, yes. And all the things that he built for himself. Right. Then in the second one, he, he gets to the promised land. Yes. And what's he sacrificing? He's sacrificing the land and the promise back to God. Yeah. And he's saying, yes, I will work it. I will do whatever you need me to, but Lord, use it in your glory. Yeah. So this sacrifice is not something I can provide. It's something you provided. And did he? And did he? That's absolutely right. And then he goes to Egypt, right? Yes. Now, a lot of scholars would agree that Egypt is a type or a foreshadowing or a whatever of the world. If you see someone enter the, the land of Egypt in the Bible, it's almost like they're stepping back into the world for a minute. So that's kind of what you see with Abram. He steps back into the, into the world, and God provides for him there. Um, he actually, you see Abram really make a lot of his riches and a lot of his wealth through this time in Egypt. But then when he steps back out of Egypt in verse or I'm sorry, in chapter 13, verse 1, it says, So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the Negev. Now, now, Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place, now listen to this, where his tent had been at the beginning, between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. Hmm. So God gives him the promise. He builds an altar. He goes to see the land that God had told him to go to, and he builds an altar. Then he goes to Egypt, and when he comes back, he comes actually technically to altar number two. Mm -hmm. To do what? Good question. To remember all the stuff that God had done. Wait, are you saying he went to the altar to honor God and the things he does? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And that is why this is the Altered Podcast. Yes, and then Man. it's spelled... Yes, A-L-T-A-R, Altered. Yeah. With a D <laughs> on the end. Well, E-D, yeah. 
we're not we're not altered state. We're not yeah, trying to true. step on any you know no no copyright issues. But uh, I think it's very important to to realize that there's times that we need to go back. Oh yeah. To our altar, quote unquote, uh, to what God has provided us and what we need to remember that we have given back to God to bless. Yeah. Uh, we need to go back and revisit them because sometimes those are how we remember the promises of our life. Mm. And how do you do that? You start with the word. Yeah. And that is the biggest way to go back yeah. and remember what Christ did for you. Yeah. You have a journal? Yes, I do have a journal. Um, yeah, Pastor Chris, Real Life Community Church. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pastor Chris, he always talks about prayer journals. And, man, one of the great things about prayer journals is you put in there the things that you're praying about, good or bad. They could be praises to God. They could be requests where you're like, God, I need help. This person I know needs help. And then you write down the times when God answers those prayers. It's amazing the altars you can build based off the prayers that you prayed. So I'm going to start doing that because mm. mine is just, and he has me doing this, mm. just 10-minute blocks a day. That's good. Of, of whatever's on my brain. Um, but I'm gonna start. Keep, yeah, <laughs> it. Yeah, because they're not always biblical, hmm. but they're not. It's okay. It's not not like they're satanic or anything. But, but <laughs> right. Uh, but it's just, I, you know, what today I'm just I felt really in this style of music today, where I've just done this or I've done that, and really think about and ponder why for ten minutes. That's really tough to do. Mm-hmm. Think about why you're doing something for ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but a prayer journal, I'm gonna start doing. That's good. Uh, one of the things that I do that I stole from a guy named Robbie Gallaty is he talks about hear journals. Um, hear journals are a way to study the the Bible where it's four letters. You write down the H, which is what you hear. Uh, you read a passage of Scripture, and whatever God kind of brings to the forefront for you, whatever sticks out, you write it down. Then the E is explained. So you you go through and you talk about uh, context, and you talk about, you know, you pull out the commentaries and whatever, you know, you, you explain it out. The A is the application. And then the R is the response. Now, most people would say, what's the difference? Well, application is how I'm going to apply it or how it applies to me right now. But the R are the action steps. These are the things that I'm going to do because I read this scripture today. And the neat thing that I stole from another guy um, whose name escapes me right now, um, David Platt, that's his name. But the thing that I stole from him is he said it's really neat to be able to look back through those here journals and see the progression of your faith from here to there. This was my application then. This is what I saw then. This is the exact same passage of Scripture. God brought out totally different things with totally different applications and totally different responses. It's an altar. It's a way to look hmm. back and see what God has done in my life. As we talk about this, as we launch this podcast, there will be a Facebook page that launches with it. We're going to call it the Altered Podcast Facebook page or something like that. Anyway, and the point is, make sure that when you uh, subscribe to this podcast, which you're going to want to do, uh, make sure you subscribe to that Facebook page. You don't subscribe to a Facebook page. Look just at me. like I'm, it, man. I'm showing my age, bro. You just like it, dude. <laughs> you just like give it. Give it the thumbs make up. Make sure you give it the thumbs up. But then also make sure you go on that Facebook page and put the altars there that are in your life that you, um, you want to share with the world, the things that God has done in you to honor him, the things that he does. Well, and I'm sure a lot of people who know us um, from the church, outside the church, mm-hmm. work, are going to see these things. So don't just personal message them to us. Put them on the, on the page so people can celebrate with you and say, hey, that is actually a good altar, and I have that same thing in my life. And yeah. I never thought of it this way. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, because the goal is to not just be able to 
share this with people we know, but we want people who we don't know to listen to these as well. Yeah. And their faith to be encouraged. That's right. Oh, yeah. So let's finish it out. Last 10%. Are we going to do another one of these? 100%. What are we, what's, what, what are we going to do next? So the We've next, already come up with so many ideas. I know. Well, there's a, a, a series that we've thought about doing for years, a sermon series called Can We Find Jesus? I sure hope so. And, <laughs> and, it's, and it's Jesus being, how would you explain it? It is uh, him being foreshadowed in every book of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. Yep. And then what do we see from him in the books in the New Testament? Mm. Um, and that will go on forever. Ever, yes. um, so we will scatter those out, you know, we'll, We'll probably title them Can We Find Jesus? Episode 1, Genesis, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's not the next one. The next one is what it is the true gospel. Mm-hmm. And how have we distorted it? Oh, wow. That is a big one. That's a big one. Because the American church has, some of them, has distorted the gospel mm-hmm. to make it an eye-centered gospel or what have you. And we are going to talk about what is the true gospel what it really is and what Paul says it is, what Jesus says it is and how they match and what we uh, build off that. And then we're going to talk about the false gospels that we see in America and all around the world. It's good stuff. Yes. So I have a question for you. Sure. And you can listen to these on the real friends podcast that our friend, pastor Chris does. Mm -hmm. So go listen to it. But I'm going to steal the question just for this one episode. Mm. Who is God to you? And this is how we're going to end it off, and we'll fade to black after we both answer this question mm. and uh, call, it a, call it a day. Call it a day. But, Ben, who is God to you? So in my, my salvation story, one of the things that always got me, and I'm going to quit hitting this mic one of these days, but it's not <laughs> going to be today. Uh, one of the things that always got me was I always search for the meaning of life. I can never find it. It bothered me that when I looked it's kind of like that Ecclesiastes thing. When I looked across my life, I found that there was no meaning. But when I found God, I found the meaning of life. So who is God to me? He is the meaning of life. Mm. Now, Hunter Deal, who is God to you? Well, as I said earlier, he is what salvation is, is the start of eternity. Um, and I am a strong believer that Christ is the creator and the sustainer of my faith. Um, so God is the creator and the sustainer of my faith. Um, he gives me my faith. It is, it is a gift. And I, to that alone, and that alone is where I, I stand with God because we could go on for hours about who God is. But to me, cr- the creator and the sustainer. Without, without everything, if everything falls away, it's all like sand. He is the one that stays true in my life.